from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. We'll come back to the starting five if we have time. Chris Lowe, ESPN, Nick Saban retiring. Whoa! Chris Whoa. Lowe, ESPN, Nick Saban is retiring. He just informed his team that he's retiring. Whoa! That's huge. That's the college football coaching GOAT just just bowed out. Wow. Okay, that's massive. Six national titles at Alabama. Yo, he's retiring. He is retiring. Sources tell ESPN. So, Dabo, I'm already going to throw it out Ooh, there, we're right? We're going straight to I, that. I'm, I'm going straight All to right, it. Let, let me take, let me take five minutes and, and, nope, and, I got, and, I got no time and talk about the legacy of Nick Saban here for a second. Um, this year, them not winning a national championship, Alabama, is the third consecutive year that he did not win a national championship. That's the longest streak of his tenure at Alabama, which means he will retire with no player that played for him four seasons, did not win a national championship. Every player that played for him four seasons, that exhausted their eligibility while he was their coach, won a national championship. That is pretty darn impressive. That is pretty darn impressive. Also, uh, his ability to adapt, I think, is one of the most underrated things in college football. Do you remember how he won his first couple national championships? LSU? Oh, actually. Or at Alabama? At Alabama. Uh, like defense and ground and pound. Oh, they were like 14, 10 games. And, and it was, you know, three and a half yards of carry is fine with me, uh, three yards in a cloud of dust. And then about halfway through, he pivoted to like, all right, if the rules are going to favor passing, we'll be the best passing offense out there. We'll we'll be a little more big play oriented on defense and we'll start cranking out NFL quarterbacks. And they did that. Right? I, I mean, it's not just Bryce Young, it's Tua, it's Mac Jones, it's it's to a weirder extent Jalen Hurts. Like the, they won with what was it? Coker and they won with Tua. National championships and Tua was just in there for the last half of football. It's it's his legacy as a college football coach, uh, kind of regardless, or sorry, uh, like kind of outside of whether you liked the way he did it, the success is inarguable, right? Because I agree sometimes the 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 antics, the you know, uh, the the over the top red face screaming at a freshman, like it rubbed me the wrong way occasionally. I think you can get your point across in other ways, but also you know his players reacted to it. So how can you argue with it? He got the results, right? He got the results, and and his former players all speak, at least the ones that you know didn't transfer out, speak pretty glowingly of him. Speaks pretty glowingly of him. Um, so yeah, just the breaking news. Say it once again for people that may. Brave, you're just tuning in. Chris Lowe, ESPN. Nick Saban is retiring. Sources tell ESPN uh, he had just informed his team that he's retiring. That's Nick Saban. Um, now I'm going to I'm going to relate this to to something here in the triangle. Uh to me Coach K, Nick Saban, a lot of similarities there, right? Mm-hmm. I also think they're getting out. They they chose to retire at similar times for a reason. I think they they see that college sports are changing in a big way. And it it takes 
a lot of, of renewed effort and a longer-term commitment to keep up with the Joneses, right? When, when Coach K and Nick Saban began their runs, and Coach K long before Nick Saban at Alabama, but when they began their runs in their, in their respective um, uh, sports, it was you get a guy to commit on signing day, pretty good chance he's going to be on your team three, four years into the future. Coach K rode through the the one-and-done era, but when it got to the, the the transfer portal era, when it got to the NIL era, you, you felt him kind of go like, I let someone else figure out the best ways to handle all this. I like scheming up, you know, pressures, and I like scheming up uh, how to get players open on the wing, and I like motivating guys. And Nick Saban kind of strikes me as similar, right? He's getting out when college football is becoming about how many auto dealership commercials can we crank into your 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 offer here, uh, even though he owns like a ton of car dealerships. Uh, you know, how many boosters can we get to put money directly in the players' pockets? And he's just going like, game is changing. I'm a bit old for this. Let someone else uh, figure it out. The difference is, and this plays into what uh, what what Dennis was saying, and if you're just tuning in, Nick Saban retiring, according to uh, sources who told ESPN's Chris Lowe. Um, it doesn't seem like there's a super obvious uh, changing of guards, passing of the torch, right? Nick Saban retiring today or, or telling his team he's retiring. I mean, as of, let me see when the tweet came out. Chris Lowe's tweet, the first one came out four minutes ago. Five minutes ago, we had no clue it was happening. Yeah. Do you remember how Coach K did it? <laughs> he had a full year where he had the coach in waiting on the sideline, John Shire, wait like learning and everybody knew and it was a uh right, the his final game, every Duke player came back and they did the whole tunnel of Duke greats for him to to, to walk out. Nick Saban is doing like the five o'clock on a Wednesday, it's gonna leak. I'm gonna tell the players and I'm I'm sure there'll be a press conference tomorrow and then it'll be be you know no retirement tour. That's pretty darn I think pretty darn cool of Saban. One of the more likable things he's done. You know, I don't know what else. And by the way, I'm processing this with with you all in, in real time also. I think we probably should have saw it coming. Like Nick Saban did weekly spots on the Pat McAfee show. And, and and they weren't as quite as inflammatory as uh, the Aaron Rodgers spots on the Pat McAfee show. Uh, but Saban was doing weekly media hits that he didn't have to do. That right there should have told us he might not be as engaged in the coaching as he once was. Right? I mean, he used to call the media, what, what, rat poison? Is, is, he used to say what, yeah. the media coverage was rat poison. And then this year he was like, no, I got a half hour a, a week for the rat poison. Like, that that shows, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he shows up on college game day next year. Like rat poison. There you go. We Well well played. Thank you. Uh, had that right at the, the tip of your fingers. Um, maybe Lee Corso's chair becomes open. Lee's been, who is an institution and right, should have the chair as long as he wants it. Maybe they can they can work a transition there um, because obviously I just said, right, Nick Saban, Pat McAfee, Pat McAfee on college game day, Nick Saban. Ah, 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 ah. See what I'm doing there? So quit asking. It would be so great if he becomes a part of the media. 
so great <laughs> right? if he becomes a Don't, part of just, like just like Beheim. Just like Beheim. 100% just like Beheim. Golly. Um, Nick Saban retiring. Pete Carroll just, just got one-upped. <laughs> right, yeah. Pete Carroll just moved to a 70-year-old coach with a Super Bowl ring. I'll raise you a 70-year-old coach with six national championships. Just got moved to the B section. Uh, you had a good afternoon there. Um, I mean, you knew it was coming at some point. We just didn't expect it. Just like, well, wait a second. He's retiring? He's retiring. I thought we would have got. I thought he would have opted for the, the farewell tour. Which, by the way, and I know Coach K did it, and I know Jeter did it, and I know Kobe did it, and I know Big Poppy did it. Miguel and, Cabrera and, did it. And I know Mikel Cabrera did it. I know Dwayne Wade did it, and he had a hashtag. And I, and I know LeBron is probably going to do a, a farewell decade. Like, I know all of that has taken place. I respect the guys that just random Wednesday at 5 o'clock. I'm done. Tim Duncan. My favorite. My favorite. You brought the, took oh, okay. the words out of my mouth. My favorite is Tim Duncan. Press release at 10 a.m., 11.30 press conference. He was eating lunch at 1.30 in a Caribbean island somewhere. Yeah. Like, it was just bink, 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 done. We didn't see him for, like, two years, and all of a sudden he was an assistant coach. Uh, like, that, I, I just, there's something about, like, nah, my run's done, I'm out. I, I've been super celebrated. Like, it would have felt weird to have, like, you know, half of Auburn Stadium, like, oh, we respect him. Thank you for the years of competition. Like, No. Don't ask for applause. You got booze your last time there, as you should have, because you're Nick Saban. Uh, Now let's go to uh, what you asked earlier. Who's next? Oh, yeah. And actually, let's let's add this. Who from Bama's in the portal? Big time question. Uh, All those guys. I'll tell you right now, when you commit to Alabama, you're committing to Alabama, but you're committing to Nick Saban. Mm -hmm. In a lot of ways, you're committing to Nick Saban. You're committing to the guy that brought the the rings out and dropped them on the, the office in front of you and said, hey, look at this. Um, that's – who's next, Dabo? Kirby? That's what I said. Right Kirby away. Smart? Oh. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I don't know. Kirby Smart's got a Sarkeesian? great thing going over there. Yes, Steve Sarkeesian at Texas. Dan Lanning? The, 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 the landscape of college football just changed massively. And the ripple effects will be felt everywhere. Absolutely. Uh, Dave Doran, Mac Brown, Mike Elko. Who's Matt, who's in the running? I, mean, I think the, the speculation has always been Dabo because he went to True. Alabama. He's True. an Alabama guy. True. Kirby was an assistant for – or uh, yeah, Kirby was an assistant, right? Yeah. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Tonight, we have a doozy. And a doozy that became... More of a doozy. I'm going to stop saying the word doozy. Uh, the, the, the University of North Carolina Tar Heels will be visiting the North Carolina State Wolfpack men's basketball. And with Wake Forest losing last night to Florida State, suddenly this one is for the top of the ACC. If you win the game, 
You take over the top spot in the ACC standings. You're the last remaining unbeaten in Atlantic Coast Conference play. And you get bragging rights in a rivalry that bragging rights matter. You get bragging rights in a rivalry that your fans will thank you for. You get bragging rights in a rivalry that I don't think I need to say anything else about. Because we all get what's up. The loser falls into a tie with Duke and Wake for second place uh, as kind of the, the, you know, the state of North Carolina stays right near, right near the top of the ACC standings early on. First of all, I love games like this for a few reasons. Um, on the Pack Therapy podcast, which this episode is out uh, all over the place already, everywhere podcasts can be found, um, I had the chance to speak with Kevin Keats, the head coach of NC State. And I asked him if you use games like this as – like a spot check as, as a uh, test to see where you are because tonight will feel like a postseason game. The stakes are high, right? The, the, the stakes are everything we want in a rivalry game, everything that we said, right? The standing stakes, the, the rivalry stakes, the bragging rights stakes, the stakes are high. The atmosphere will be electric. The teams are good. To me, this is where you get to see, right? Pressure makes diamonds or burst pipes. If, if, if it bursts pipes and there's water on the ground half, halfway through today, you're going to look around and go, all right, we got to get, get this fixed in the time of postseason play, right? It, it, you definitely want to win. You definitely want to beat the, the, the rivalry element. But a loss here is more like exposing flaws than it would be uh, any kind of fatal blow. So let's look at the game. It comes down to a few things for me. I have a list in front of me of kind of keys. One, can Ben Middlebrooks and Mo Diara defend Armando Baycott? I don't want R.J. Burns down there trying to to D.J. Burns. D.J. Burns. R.J. Burns is his twin brother. It's like the State Farm commercials with Cliff Paul. Uh, I actually think I went to a high school with a kid named R.J. Burns, uh, which I had not thought about until just now. Uh, DJ Burns, I don't want him guarding Armando Baycock because I think he's too valuable to the other side. And, and also when you're a guy that size, you know, the energy meter, you gotta, you gotta be careful with it. Uh, so Middlebrooks and Diara, can they jump in and give serious minutes defending Armando Baycott without fouling, without letting Baycott get going, uh, rebounding the, the basketball when, when Baycott's around, you know, that Baycott is going to be hunting for rebounds and extra possessions. The other thing that I thought was interesting with with um, my conversation with Kevin Keats is I brought up NC State's turnover margin, in which case they are first in the ACC in turnover margin, uh, and and meaning they turn their opponents over way more than they turn the ball over. And I believe at, at the time they were seventh in the country, and this was uh, yesterday. So the games last night may have changed that a little bit, but they're definitely top ten in the country in in turnover margin. And I asked him about it, like, hey, all these new guys, but you have the chemistry to not turn the ball over and to force turnovers. How'd that happen? And he went, oh, you know, we play clean, but but he pointed this out. He goes, but you know, we're still giving our opponent extra possessions by not finishing out possessions with defensive rebounding. Right? That's You get an extra possession by forcing a turnover. You get an extra possession by not turning it over. But if you're giving your your, your opponent extra possessions by not – defensively rebounding the basketball, 
that kind of gives back a lot of that hard work. So so I'm looking at Middlebrooks, Diara, Burns. Uh, I'm looking at anybody that mixes it up down low and saying the rebounding will be important because you know Baycott is, is not a stranger to a couple trash buckets, right? Grab that offensive board, go back up with it. You, you know he'll do that. And Ingram as and, well. And, and Ingram. I mean, a few, a few. Another one, do Cam Woods and MJ Rice get the chance to give NC State, NC State a depth, not NC Stepth, NC State a depth advantage? Because I look at these these two uh, rosters, they kind of both have like seven, eight guys that are averaging 10-plus minutes. Obviously, the starter's more, but they have seven, eight guys in their rotation they're really, really comfortable with. But if you add MJ Rice and Cam Woods, two guys that have become eligible and or become available after injury, uh, you know, as the season went along, then NC State has a two-man advantage, and they can do things like press. They can do things like run. They can do things like try to tire out UNC. The problem is, you know, they're being asked to integrate themselves into a team while ACC play is going on, and I'm not sure coaches are like, hey, you know what? Let's knock the rest of that rust off with North Carolina in town in a very important ACC game. It's, it's, I'm not sure they're going to get the chance to do that. So that's one thing to look at. From the Carolina side, uh, does R.J. Davis catch a hot streak? R.J. Davis is one of the streakiest shooters I've seen, meaning when he watches like two go in, if he hits two threes early in the game, there's a collective uh-oh from the other sideline because you know he's going to keep firing and you know there's a good chance they're going to keep going in. He had been on a hot streak for a while. The last couple of games, he's cooled off a little bit. He's not playing bad by any stretch, but he's cooled off a little bit. If he heats it back up, that's going to be tough because then, you know, that NC State perimeter is going to have to really lock down uh, their communication and knowing where he is over and under every screen. And then there's our guy. Uh, you know, you always look for, I don't know what you call them, X factors, right? You look for uh, the pieces that are hard to to predict. I'm just a big fan of Harrison Ingram. And and part of the reason why, you know, in maybe the worst, like, uh, and one street baller nickname of all time, I want to call him Potpourri. Potpourri? Potpourri. Okay. Because you never know what you're going to get, right? It, 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 it's it's a, a wide array. It, it's varied. Some games he's going to show up and he's, his contribution is going to be shooting the three. Some games he's going to show up and his contribution is going to be guarding one through four pretty consistently and switching. Sometimes he's going to show up and it's rebounding. Sometimes it's effort. Sometimes it's leadership. And the kind that you can, like, see, right? Uh, grabbing the basketball, and one of my favorite things is the palm to the floor, not, like, slapping the floor, but just, like, the calm down motion like a quarterback trying to calm down the, the crowd before he um, barks his signals at the line of scrimmage, mm -hmm. grabbing the ball and just looking at his youngsters, calm down. Like, he does a little bit of everything. I want to know what Hubert Davis and Harrison Ingram think is his role for this game. Is it chasing around DJ Horn and and trying not to let him get hot from three? Is it somehow being maybe guarding DJ Burns and saying, we're going we're gonna to fight your – uh, you know, big man with passing and, and soft touch with our versatile six seven, uh, you know, jack of all trades piece. I don't know. I want to see what Harrison Ingram does. And the key to the game, I guess, is just us watching and going, oh, that's what they're going to use him for. Because there have been games where he like stands in the corner and is like a spacing three point shooter. Then there's yeah. games where he lives down low, and it's like, I guess they just look at the the opponent and decide how they're going to deploy him. 
So those are just a few things. This game, I mean, it's going to be fun to break it down for this entire show, mm-hmm. uh, and and the history of it. Uh, Keats versus Hubert Davis, the the chess game of it, I think will be very interesting. How how does Hubert Davis deploy Harrison Ingram? But which of the nine, ten potential contributors does does Keats lean on in this one? Right. We we talked to uh, again. I talked with Keats. He was talking about the Notre Dame game, and he's like, you know. Partway through the first half, I put DJ Burns and DJ Horn on on the uh, the bench and said, "You guys just don't have it right now." And he ran with other guys. Who does that in college basketball? Where it's like, "Hey, our two leading scores, or two of our three leading scores, uh, let, let's let's throw them to the bench for for a long period of time because they just don't have it." But we have these other guys we trust. I want to see the, the the X's and O's. There's so much to talk about this game, and on top of that, there's fan trash talk. Oh yeah. UNC is afraid. The fans, if you go on social media, there's a certain are afraid to attend the game at PNC for the rabble-rousing that may be caused. Oh, okay. A little I, bit of rabble-rousing. I assume that's a, a small percentage of fans, but I read it and I was like, that's hilarious. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.